starting the message. Yeah, there you go, Matthew. I see you, boy. Um, and really just get into this message together and, and really seek the Lord together um, through this word. We're not going to be reading a whole lot of um, verses today, but I do believe that God has a message for each and every one of you. So let's be excited. Let's be ready. And let's get to it. Ephesians chapter 6, uh, we're going to be reading verse 17. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17. And if you are there, say hallelujah or praise the Lord to let me know you are there. It's a little hard because I can't even hear the, the, the Bible pages turning, you know what I mean? When we're at church, we're able to hear it. And when it kind of dies on, you're like, oh, I'm assuming it was there, but I can't do that. You know what I mean? So y'all need to let me know. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17. If you are there, give me a hallelujah or praise the Lord. Come on, somebody. It seems like some of you are there and it shouldn't take that long. So here I go. I'm going to read it first. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17 says this, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the time you've given us to come together as a community, as a family, to really seek your face in your word, O oh Lord. I pray right now, God, that we will not cap you today. That we will not just limit you today to what you can do, oh God, in our lives. But Lord, I pray that right now in our rooms, Holy Spirit, I pray that you will speak to us. That you will soften our hearts, God. Open our minds and our eyes to receive all that you have for us today, God. And Lord, I pray that today, God, no matter where we're at, God, whether we're in our rooms, oh Lord, I pray, Lord, that we will come to an encounter with the living God. Father, speak to us today. We want to hear from you. And, Lord, we want to declare we love you. And we thank you. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen and amen. All right, guys. So um, we have been kind of, like I was saying, we've been going through the armor of God. Uh, the reason being is because we believe in the season that God is actually raising up a, a, a really a people of God who will be equipped to really go against the attack of the enemy. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I've been feeling, you know, the weightiness and the heaviness of quarantine. Uh, I've been feeling the weightiness and the heaviness of what's going on in society. Uh, I've been feeling the weightiness and the heaviness of what's going on with my age. You know what I mean? I'm 30 years old. Come on, somebody, man. Man, I, I had a quarter-life crisis this week if I had one, you know what I mean? And, 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 and I'm like dealing with all these things and I realize there's a reason, there's a purpose to why God has put in my heart and also Pastor Eleanor's heart to preach on the armor of God, right? To defend and fight against the lies of the enemy. With that being said, what is the purpose of the helmet of salvation? Right. We're going to get into it. Right. Um, I don't know if you guys ever um, seen because yesterday, you know, um, I couldn't celebrate on my birthday because um, my wife had work. So, you know, she she decided to get some of my friends together and and we like social distance, hung out in the you know, backyard with like a ghetto bonfire we have. And, and we're just kind of hanging out. And, and the conversation came up and everyone was like, hey, yo, what's the what's your favorite movie, Paul? 
what's your favorite movie of all time you know and and i'm like thinking like oh i gotta say something like nice you know like maybe some like indie movie so that they're like oh wow man you're you're you love movies bro you know like whoa whoa like that's artsy bro you know what i mean and i'm thinking about all these different movies i'm like oh should i say like you know some like you know quentin tarantino movie or something you know should i go into like talking about you know you know what kind of movie should i you know and i'm like thinking about all these movies and i came back to this one movie that i love to death right <laughs> and and you guys are going to think i'm like a simpleton right and it's gladiator i love gladiator man there's no movie better than gladiator right and i remember i was like yo gladiator you know what i mean like and my friends are kind of like disappointed like what like that's your favorite movie you know what i mean and i'm like yeah that's my favorite movie bro you know maximus bro or you not entertained you know like gladiator was my favorite movie you know and and on what and 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 as i was kind of talking about it you know with the guys and 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 kind of speaking to them i i i realized that you know i recently watched a video like i told you guys where I, where where i was watching this guy who was like a medieval like armor you know specialist and all these things and and he was talking about the helmet you know that they used in that time the greco roman empire and all those things but i realized that there's two functions right as I was talking about Gladiator, and I was talking about the helmet with the guys. They were all looking at me like I was this nerdy guy without knowing that, you know, I was actually preaching on the helmet of salvation today. So I got all like excited. And I was like, did you guys know that there's different helmets and, and the way that the little little feathers are adjusted shows you like your status and, and, and you know, all the, and I started going off. But as I was discussing it, I read it. I, I realized that there's two functions. There's two functions that a helmet uh, has within that time. I know that we talked about how Paul was looking at a Roman soldier from the top of the Roman soldier's head to the bottom of his feet thing and, and breaking it apart and, and describing this armor that we have to put on for the Lord. And I realized for the helmet, there's two functions, right? First function being the most obvious one, right? Is to protect your head. Okay. Um, I know that a lot of times when, when, you know, we see those movies and stuff and, 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 and we, we have like this images of the helmet. They're like cool looking, you know, they're like awesome, you know, like Maximus, his helmet is so cool. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, you know, I, I don't even know what to say. It's just cool. Right. And, and he's wearing this helmet and you think it's like, wow, it's so cool. And it's so amazing. But one of the biggest function of a helmet is to actually protect your head. Okay. And, and that is the main purpose of the helmet. Why is that important? Because I realized the reason being is there is a significance to why God places the helmet of salvation. There's a significance to him saying, man, put on or take the helmet of salvation because he's trying to show the importance of the helmet of salvation, right? What is the helmet of salvation trying to protect? And it is your salvation. But I realized this, I thought that this helmet was just saying, oh, protect your salvation, protect your salvation, protect your salvation. But I realized that it's not talking about salvation as, as itself. It's talking about the hope of salvation. How do I know this? If you guys could turn with me just uh, uh, one book or, or two books, I mean, three books, three books, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Three books to the right, which is First Thessalonians, right? First Thessalonians chapter five, okay? 
I don't, I don't need you to say hallelujah or praise the Lord for this. Uh, I'm just going to give you a little bit of time. I'll go straight into it. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse eight, it says this. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet, for a helmet, the hope of salvation. Okay. So what is the helmet describing? The helmet is protecting the hope of salvation. Right. So let me tell you what the helmet is actually protecting. The helmet is not protecting salvation itself because salvation itself does not need protection because it's already been won, right? Salvation is already established. Now, what is it actually protecting? It is actually protecting the, your hope in salvation. The hope that you have of salvation, right? Whenever I used to read this, right? Um, this passage, you used to say hope of salvation. I remember I used to think it meant um, like a non-believer hoping for salvation. Like, oh man, I, one day I hope that I'll have salvation. You know, one day I hope that I'll get saved. I, I, one day I hope that I will be rescued. You know what I mean? I thought it was talking about that, but I realized it was talking about the hope that comes from salvation. The hope that comes from salvation. Why is that important? It's because the hope that comes from salvation actually gives us our identity as believers. Right? So the enemy is not just attacking us in our walks, like making us trip up here and there. He is actually attacking us in our identity as a believer. He is actually attacking our minds to think that we have no hope in the salvation that we've already received. He is actually attacking us to say, you are not actually a daughter of Christ. You are actually not a son of Christ. You are actually not saved. Can I tell you right now that if the enemy could get us to think that there is no hope in salvation, he has won the battle in our lives. This is why I believe the helmet, the helmet signifies signify something so important in our lives, right? Um, I don't know about you guys, but, you know, uh, whenever I, I come to a place, right? For example, like uh, whenever, you know, I feel defeated in my life, whenever I feel like weak in my life, whenever I feel like I haven't really done anything with my life or, or done anything for the Lord in my life, what happens is the first thing that comes against me is uh, a lie that tells me that I'm not good enough, right? Um, I don't know if any of you have ever felt that, but I, I felt that, right? Like where you feel like I'm not good enough, you know, whether it's in school, whether it's in your family, whether it's in your faith, you feel this lie come over you. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I, uh, have you guys ever felt that before? Because I have, right? And, and, and sometimes you feel like, man, I will never be good enough, right? I will never get out of this. I will never, ever uh, defeat the struggle that I, I'm in, right? And I realized that when I come into that place, it's not a question of whether I'm good enough. I forgot my hope in salvation that God is good enough, that Jesus is good enough. 
I'm no longer saying that I'm not good enough. I'm saying that the salvation given by Christ is not good enough for me to find hope in any situation, right? The enemy will lie to us in that matter where he will initially make us believe that we're being this humble Christian, but actually be attacking our identity that we have found in the death of Christ on that cross, which is our salvation, right? I believe there's a reason why that Paul put the helmet, not the breastplate, not the sword as the salvation. It's because I realized that the helmet protects the mind and the enemy attacks the mind. The biggest weapon that the enemy has against you is a lie. I don't know about you guys, but, you know, I thought about this. I sat down and thought about it. If the enemy attacked me, right, one day I'm sleeping and a ghost comes out like a demon and says, oh, don't believe in God. You know, like, like, oh, I'm a demon. I'm going to haunt you if you believe in God. You know what I'll probably do? I'll probably be like, oh, man, there has to be a God. I'll be like, oh, God, like, I need you. You know what I mean? Like, like, think about it. Let's, let's say the devil comes up to me just full on and he's like this scary looking devil, you know, and he's like, oh, if you believe in God, I'm going to haunt you. And I'm being like, you're telling me there is a God. You know what I mean? I'd be like, oh man, you need a God. I need a God. But you know how the enemy actually attacks us? He will never come at us flat out like that, but he will lie to us. That has been the enemy's weapon against us from day one. When he approaches Eve with a lie. And his attack against Jesus in the wilderness were lies. His attack against Judas when he betrayed was a lie. When he attacked against us is a lie. That is the enemy's greatest weapon against you. It is a lie. That is why I believe that the helmet of salvation protects the mind, protects the brain, because the enemy will come against us in lies. So how do we fight against the lie of the enemy is by realizing and continually hoping in the salvation of Jesus Christ. It's by continually remembering that there is hope in Jesus. One thing I realized the enemy has been doing in this season is this, and I've shared this with uh, some of our core team leaders and also some of the leaders in this morning, is this, I believe the enemy right, is lying to us in this season by telling us that 2020 has been a waste, right? He's been lying to us that 2021, the beginning, has been a waste, that it's been wasted away, that we have not actually done anything, that we've not actually uh, been faithful or all those things. And, And there's a lie that's being spoken over the church right now. That the church has been a standstill for one year. It's, it's really weird. Some people think that they've been in their faith, like they're walking in their faith. And then what, the COVID hit and now they're just frozen, just mid-walk. Just... And then for 2020, they've just been frozen like this the whole time. And then 2021 came and they're still frozen. And then when COVID ends, they're like, Okay, yeah, come on, somebody. They think this way. A lot of believers, I just drew, I just drew your image of what a lot of believers are doing right now. They're just kind of frozen in their, they're just kind of frozen in their faith. Like, 
waiting for their less walk. But as they're frozen, they're thinking, man, what a waste. What a waste 2020 has been. What a waste uh, 2021's first two months has been. What a waste this time has been in COVID. What a waste it's been. But can I tell you right now that in this time, that is the, one of the greatest lies that the enemy can speak over you because in that moment where you're telling yourself that there is, that this year has been a waste you have forsaken you have forsaken the promises of god that his mercies are new every day some of us have been stuck in our sins some of us have been stuck in our our, our shame and our guilt for 2020 and, and beginning of 2021 that you forgot that his mercies are new every day that his grace is abounding that what he's done on that cross applies to 2020 as much as it does for 2000 and and 19 and 2018 there's been a lie against the church and it's not just a lie that you're not good enough it's a lie that questions your identity in christ can i can i ask you guys this have you stopped hoping in the salvation of jesus christ Some of us have been feeling so stuck in our sins that we stop hoping in salvation of Jesus. You know, you know what that you know what that looks like. You you stopped. You started to think maybe I'll never get over this. Maybe I'll never get over my lust problem. Maybe I'll never get over my anxiety. Maybe I'll never get over my depression. Maybe I'll never get over this shame. Maybe I'll never get over this guilt. And the more I think about it, you know what will protect you from those lies? It's by coming to a realization of who you are and what salvation looks like in Jesus Christ. Because when you recognize the hope of salvation, you must recognize where it comes from, and that is Jesus himself. Your defense against the lies of the enemy starts with recognizing that the victory comes from Jesus, the hope of salvation. You know, I, I, I didn't realize, you know, um, coming into my, my 30s, right, I, I remember like this past week, I'm not going to go into crazy detail because I was a mess this week, right, I was, I was like, oh my gosh, oh, oh my God, I have nothing for my, oh, you know, like I was like, I was just moping around, like, oh, I'm already 30, oh, I can't believe it, Jesus started his ministry, oh my, I, what am I doing, my life? you know what I mean, like, I, I'm not even a carpenter, oh, you know, like, I'm just like going crazy, you know, and, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, you know, and I was moping around, you know, and, and Joanne was just like, what the heck is wrong with this guy, you know, and, and she's trying to be there for me, and I'm like, oh, you know, leave me alone, you know, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm such a baby you know i'm like oh and 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 during that seat during that whole time this past week i was like moping around thinking about my life and i was like this i remember uh there came a moment where I, where where i legit started to like question everything in my life i was like man what have i done what have i done with my life 
you know, like, like I'm just like, oh, for 30 years, what have I actually done? You know, and, and I'm like getting all depressed and like mopey and stuff and, and I'm wrestling and all these things. And I started saying, man, only if. I don't know if you guys ever get to that place where you start thinking about only ifs and you start thinking about it for like 10 minutes and turns into 30 minutes and it turns into an hour and it turns into a whole day. You're just like thinking about it 20% like, only if, and you can't even sleep. You're just like, only if, only if, only if like, you know, you're just like tracking all the way back to when you're a little baby. And you're like, only if at age two, you know, I read the dictionary, you know, like, like only if, only if, you know, and I had that moment. I was like, only if, only if, only if, only if I started having that moment. It was crazy. It was like insane. I, I, I never had that before in my life. I was like, only if, only if, only if. And I was wrestling with the Lord and I just couldn't get myself to start believing in, in, in more than that. I got stuck in the only ifs. I got stuck in the, man, how come it, it wasn't this way? I got stuck in the, man, why am I not where I want to be? I got stuck in the, man, how, how did I get here? I got stuck in the, man, uh, is this what my life is about? You know, like, like I got stuck in all these things. These, all these questions were coming against me. But you know what I realized? Every question that I was asking was not a question of situation. It was a question of who I am. Even when I was thinking about only if, I was thinking about only if, because if that happened, my situation and who I am would have been different. Man, only if I, I read the dictionary when I was two years old, I'll be a genius now. You know, only if I, I started walking when I was five months old, I'll be dunking now and in the NBA. You know, only if, like literally every question that I ask is changing who I am now in the present. Man, only if I did that was only because I'm trying to change who I am in the present. Because let me tell you right now, everything that happened has created me to be the person that I am. Every struggle that I had in the past, every victory I had in the past has shaped me to, to become the person that I am. But now I am questioning that and going back and trying to change how I am and what I am and what I've done and all those things. Can I tell you, that is all an attack on your identity. But can I tell you something? As I was reflecting, one thing I realized is this, that my identity in Christ does not change by only ifs or what ifs or if I only. It has already been done and shifted and planned out by the name of Jesus and what he's already done on the cross has already been in motion in my life to this very moment. The one thing that's been consistent in my life was my identity in Christ. I cannot go back and say only if, because what's already done and by Jesus has already been established. The victory won on that cross is a victory for you. That is the hope of salvation. The enemy will lie to you and say only if. The enemy will lie to you and say, man, what if you did this? Man, the enemy will lie to you and say, man, you don't have a life fulfilled. Man, the enemy will lie to you and say, man, 2020 was wasted. The enemy would lie to you and say, 2021 is going to be whack. You know, he would lie to you and all those things. But man, there is a hope that's never changed. And it's the salvation that comes from what Jesus has already won on that cross. That is a weapon against the lies of the enemy. You know what I realized in this season, uh, this week, when I came to my understanding to say, man, man, yeah, there are only ifs. 
There are one only is, but man, there's one thing that's been consistent in my life. And I was, Jesus, man, I found hope, not in myself, not in what I can do, not in what I've done in this year, but in what Jesus has already done and what he's willing to do for me. That is the hope of salvation. Now, like I was mentioning, there's two functions of the helmet. The first one is to protect, right? And the second one is actually, it's a, 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 like a represent, representation of your, uh, like who you are, right? What they'll do is in Rome, in Rome right? The, uh, I'm just gonna go just briefly because I don't wanna sound nerdy, but in Rome, there'll be different kinds of helmet that different officers will wear. Right. Like 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 the lower officers will wear a helmet, you know, with with like a little small thing on here. And then as you kind of get, you know, uh, uh, like up in rank, they'll give you like a little like a bigger little, you know, red thing right here. And then you become a captain and they will shift it to the left like this. And then you become this other guy and, and they'll give you in gold or something. And then you become, you know, there's this different representation of the helmet. It's crazy, man. Like the helmet, like, like, you know, as you rank up in your, in, in, in whatever, like they give you new helmets and, 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 and it, it represents who you are. It shows you your status. So when someone will see your helmet, they'll know exactly who you are. They'll know exactly what status you stand. They'll know exactly, you know, what kind of person that you are because it will actually represent something, right? I watched a video with this guy, you know, I, I keep going back to the video because this video is so relevant. But this guy, he will like, they did a test. They're like, okay, let's see, let's see if you're really, really this guy that you say are, you say you are. We're going to give you a test. Tell me what helmet this is from. And they'll pull out a helmet. He'll be like, oh, that's from Rome. And then boom, he'll pull it out. That's from Persia. You know, boom, and but that's from this, from this century. You know, and he knew everything. Why? Because the helmet represented what or, or who that person was. It was a form of identity for that person. It was a form of who they were and their rank. And, and, and I realized the significance of that in our time is this that some of us have forgotten our identity as sons and daughters before the living king. But you know what's crazy about the helmet that we wear? It's that we haven't done anything to deserve the helmet that we wear, right? Back in the day, what they had to do is they would have to work for it. They will have to like do something valor, you know, like, oh, you know, helmet of valor. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you know, you have to like, you know, go save someone when they're about to die. Like go into, you know, crossfires of, you know, crossbows and grab someone and yank them on. They're like, oh, okay, you promotion. You know, they, they have to do something. But can I tell you about the helmet that we have? And it's this, that we haven't done anything to deserve the helmet of salvation. But the person that's done something for you to wear the helmet of salvation is Jesus Christ. That we were not capable. And I realize it's because Jesus is the one who have got it. The wording of the passage that we read, it says, take 
the helmet of salvation. It doesn't say make the helmet of salvation. It doesn't say create the helmet of salvation. It just merely says to take the helmet of salvation. So what does that mean? It means that your identity is not formed by what you have done in your life. Your identity is not what you've done in 2020. Your identity is not what you've done yesterday. Your identity is not what you've done before this meeting. Your identity is not what you've done, you know, when nobody's watching. Your identity is not what you've done when, when you're by yourself in your room, you know, feeling depressed or feeling weak. Your identity is not what you've done. It has everything to do with what Christ has done for you. Some of us need that in this season because some of us can't even look at ourselves in the mirror without feeling guilty. Some of us cannot even look at ourselves in the mirror without feeling like a failure. Some of us feel like we can't even look at ourselves in the mirror without feeling anxious or weak. But can I tell you, there is an opportunity for you to take the helmet of salvation and find identity in what Christ has done for you. We must take the helmet of salvation. We don't earn the helmet of salvation. We take the helmet of salvation, which is freely given by Jesus Christ. Some of us are crippled in this season because of what you've done. It is time for you to think of what he's done. Some of us are crippled in the season for what you've said. It is time for you to focus your eyes on what he said. Let me tell you right now, I'd rather trust in what he has done than what I've done any day. Come on, somebody. If that's not a good reminder, you need to listen. I'd rather trust in what he's done than what I've done any day. Because that's where my identity comes from. Some of us here feel like, man, I will never get out of this sin. I will never get out of this cycle that I'm on. Can I ask you this? Would you recognize that victory has been won? By Jesus. So let me let me let me speak to you real quick, if that is you. You will never get out of it if if you continue to rely on yourself. But there is an answer in Jesus Christ. There is a hope in Jesus Christ. Not even for what he's going to do. 
but from what he's already done. You just got to come into that reality. You just got to come into that place where you actually believe, man, there is hope in Jesus. He's already won this battle. Man, why am I here right now? Why do I feel this way? Why am I thinking this way? Man, Jesus has already won. It's a lie. You're not too far gone. You know, we're going to be closing very soon. And, and I'm going to ask Tim to kind of start getting ready. But, you know, one of the biggest, one of the biggest things as I was growing up as a Christian, um, one of the biggest things that scared me as a believer was this, like, like man, um, like, if I'm honest with you, like, I'd be like, man, you know, I'll get blessed at a retreat or something. I'll be like, man, when, I, when we go home, I'm going to lose my blessings again. <laughs> I used to think that, like, oh, when we go home, man, I'm not going to be a Christian again. I don't know if I'm the only one, but I've, I've, I've literally felt that so many times. I'll get super blessed, right? I'll, I'll literally get really wrecked at a retreat. And right after, we're eating, like, ramen or something. And I, I go deep in my thought, and I'm like, Man, we're going back home tomorrow. What if I'm not Christian again? I legit think that. Like, like I'm eating a lineman and I'm like, oh, man. Or if I don't think it there, I'm like driving, you know, we're driving down on the bus or something. Everyone's sleeping and I'm like sitting there. We're looking out the window like, oh, what if I'm not Christian in a week? I'm like legit thinking that. Uh, am I the only one? I've literally thought that almost every retreat, like, uh, but what's crazy is I'll think that. And guess what? After, after a good month, I'm like partying with my friends. I'm like, eh, you know, like, I'm like, Oh, you know, I'm not going to church. I'm like, yeah, you know, and I, and there'll be the same cycle. I'll go back to, go back to a retreat. And I'm like, Oh yes. Yes. I just encountered God. And then, and then the last day I'm like, oh, I'm not going to be Christian again. And guess what? Guess what? A couple months later, I'm like partying again. I'm like doing whatever I want. You know, I'm cursing it up. I'm just doing whatever, you know, and then another retreat comes. It was the same cycle over and over and over again. How many guys know what I'm talking about? I remember like always having a fear after I encounter God. The second I encounter God, I'll have a fear of, man, I'm not going to be a Christian again, or I'm going to fail. I am going to lose it. I'm going to lose this blessing. Things are going to happen that's going to make me go into a place of sin again. I will have this mentality. And I was, as I was planning this, I was thinking about it, and I realized it's not just me. If we're honest, it's not just me. Most people here who have encounters with God in a mighty way, the second you have encounters, you have questioned the legitimacy of that encounter. You have questioned the legitimacy of grace. You have questioned the legitimacy of mercy. You have questioned the legitimacy of your encounter with God. Why is that? It's because we put, we associate, we associate, the victory in Jesus 
with the failures of man. What does that mean? Regardless of what Christ does, you start to think, I can't do it. Regardless of what Jesus did in your life, you start to think, I will not be able to. There is no way that I can change. There's no way that I will be able to. But can I tell you right now, we need to change the way we think and recognize, man, if Jesus started it, he will finish it. Jesus is not passing you a baton. He is giving you a baton, carrying you in his back and running for you. That's what Jesus is doing. You cannot do this in your own strength. Some of you have lost the hope in salvation because you started to hope in yourself. Some of us here have been hoping, man, I'm going to start reading the Bible like crazy when I start COVID. Man, I have so much time. I'm going to pray for hours and hours. I'm going to go into the private place. I'm going to do this. Can I tell you right now, we need to change the way we think and say, Lord, I need you to lead me in prayer in this season. I need you to lead me into the word. I need you to lead me to your pastures, God. I need you to lead me. Can I ask you this right now? Have you relied on yourself in this season or are you fully relying on Jesus Christ? You, you, we just can't do it without Christ. It's impossible. But one thing I do want to say right now is that the victory of Jesus cannot be changed by your circumstance. It cannot be changed by how much time you sin. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I used to think, man, I'm too far gone. But you know, at that point, you know what, it, what, what I'm really saying is, man, Jesus' death on the cross to forgive my sin, he didn't do enough to forgive the sin that I'm questioning right now. He didn't die enough for me to get forgiven for this sin in my life. There is no sin in your life right now. I will say this right now. If you're willing to come to Jesus in repentance, that he will not forgive you of. Stop lying to yourself. Stop feeding in the lies of the enemy that tells you you're too far gone. There is hope in salvation. There is hope and what Jesus has done for you. There is hope in the identity that Christ has for you. I want to ask you this today as you pray. Have you given up on hoping in salvation? Are you telling yourself that you're too far gone? Or it's not possible? Or do you feel like, man, I was a believer. I was so strong before COVID, but now I don't know anymore. Would you today join me in putting our identity in Christ once again? Would you, would you join me in putting on and taking the helmet of salvation once again? 
a helmet that you have not earned, a helmet that you don't deserve, a helmet freely given by Jesus to protect you from the lies of the enemy that tells you that you are not a son or a daughter of Christ. And also, if you feel like, man, I'm not really saved. Man, I've been making it about me. It's always been about me. But today, I want to make a declaration. Lord, I want you to be the Lord in my life. I want you to be the Savior of my life. Can we make a declaration today? Say, Lord, be the Lord in my life. Be the Savior in my life. Because I cannot do this on my own strength.